Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I'm talking with Mary Alderetti, who is the CMO at Gap. Mary, hi and welcome to the show. Hi Nadine, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Let's jump right into your role right now, because we're going to come back and revisit your career path and all the cool moves that you made along the way. But let's talk about this role at Gap, because you're actually a boomerang. So tell us about why you came back to Gap, what the role is about, and why you decided to take it on. So yes, uh, boomerang is a term of endearment we use at Gap for people who leave and then come back after working at other other brands. And my first uh, tour at Gap was actually on Banana Republic. I worked with Mark Breitbart, who was working closely with Mickey Drexler, and then he was in merchandising. Mark took on president CEO of Banana Republic in 2017. So I came back to work with Mark on Banana Republic and restore that brand had lost its way a little bit. And here I am on Gap with Mark Breitbart again. So yeah, we have a really great working relationship and I appreciate his vision and he's sort of a retail titan in and of himself. And that's amazing that you're able to have that relationship. Talk a little bit about some of the things you're working on together right now. So Mark took over Gap in February and asked me to come out to New York with him to sort of lean in and see how I could help on marketing in the interim. And then we just made it official. And I then transitioned off of Banana to work on Gap with him. And we're really focused on a big pivot that we're making to leading the brand with its purpose and values. And so our communications platform we created was around this idea of modern American optimism and creating, as I said before, really culturally relevant expressions of of that. And so we set out to create the campaigns that would start airing in Q3, Q4, so the second half of the year. And we've been working on that ever since. We Stand United was our adult campaign that launched in uh, September. It was preceded by our Be the Future campaign for kids. And we just launched our holiday campaign on October 20th, which was, I think, on record, the earliest holiday has ever come to all of the industry. Uh, So that's exciting. 
it is exciting. Well, tell us a little bit about that one. So the idea of modern American optimism, it's really fueled by this concept of the brand's DNA, which is really around youthful energy. And then a consumer insight that's about collective individualism. If you really look at what's going on um, in the world, but especially in the US uh, today, it's like we entered the year with a really divided country and it was an election year. And we sat down to try to think about what the cultural temperature would be when this work would be airing in September, October. And so we set out to create a message of unity and togetherness and equality because that's really what the brand was founded on. Gap was founded in 1969 by Don and Doris Fisher. And that was another time of great change and civic unrest and activism. And so we had this idea, my creative partner and I, Len Peltier, and we wanted to do a concept around Stand United. And the soundtrack for that campaign is the song Get Together. Get Together is a song that was re-released by the Youngbloods in 1969. And it was a cry for unity and brotherhood at a time of all of that civil unrest. So we thought bringing it back around just over 50 years later to this modern interpretation of that in the current cultural time made sense. Then there was a global pandemic and we all locked down and we were forced to separate, which only made connecting to people even more important than escalating social injustice that required everyone to be part of the solution for that, whether it's individuals or brands or corporations. And the idea just continued to grow from there into our holiday approach. It's amazing. You were on this journey before, way before the the campaign actually went live and before COVID or stand together. I, I don't know if that's foresight or serendipity. Well, I think essentially it comes back to the Gap brand. So Gap brand has always been known for bringing cultures and generations together, literally bridging the gap. That platform has been relevant and will continue to be relevant. The divide in the country and the need for unity, it's not really a partisan call. It really is a nonpartisan approach to whatever you stand for. If we can stand united as a country, as Americans, we can actually get further. So Christina Train re-recorded the song for us. A really soulful remix of that anthem was quite powerful. And then we activated around the vote. So we partnered with Rock the Vote and When We All Vote to get people the tools and resources they need to be able to amplify their own voice and and be part of shaping the culture and the government and the way things come together for everyone. And just really it was about unity and equality and dignity for everyone. Those are basic foundational human principles at the foundation of our brands. So it felt authentic to do it. And so we did it. We also had a kids campaign running about the same time. So they both launched within a couple of weeks of each other. The kids campaign was called Be the Future, and that was anchored around these four climate activists. And if you can't even believe these kids, all of them were under 18, two of them were teens and two of them were 13, who, even though they can't vote, they weren't waiting to have a say in the way the country and the way their lives are going to turn out. Jerome was the founder of One Million of Us, and he is not only a climate activist, but he was trying to create awareness among teens about the importance of voting. Alexandria Villasenor was a 15-year-old climate activist. She founded At Earth's Uprising. Earth's Uprising is about taking note of the changes to the climate that are impacting the world negatively. 
we had little Miss Flint, Mari Capenny, who was a 13-year-old activist who was still fighting for access to clean drinking water in Flint, Michigan, if you can believe, after all these years. And then Levi Drahim was the youngest plaintiff in a landmark climate lawsuit against the government. So these four kids were doing all of this climate work. And so we created a campaign around them and their profiles. And we had a youth band create a song for us and they recorded the song, an original song to go with that campaign. So Be the Future was about activating the power of youth and teens. And that led into Stand United, which was about amplifying voices for unity and equality and dignity for all. And then Holiday. Holiday in retail is the most commercial time of year. And we did not want to walk away from the brand values. We did not want to pivot. We wanted to stay authentic and sustain that message. So the holiday campaign that just launched is called Dream the Future. And essentially, it's an art gallery where a bunch of different people encounter each other. And through the use of these words on these cards, they exchange thoughts of unity and peace and empathy and joy and hope. And they act them out or dance them out in this context. And so it ends up being a beautiful, optimistic piece of joy that's dropped right into this time frame that I think people are really appreciating. There's a little joyful, optimistic moment at the end of 2020, which has been quite a year. Indeed it has. And I wholeheartedly agree with this concept around optimism coming out of chaos because you know we've seen this whole year people rising to incredible feats and much needed overdue um but the sense of humanity right now hopefully will create the next generation of leaders that will have like you said the impact on this planet and I'm really excited about that. I'm very hopeful that we have a bright future ahead. Yeah, I think people are, they're just the fatigue of all of the challenges of this year. And like you said, the humanity of it, the the need for having empathy and wanting to connect to each other and help each other out is what really creates that opportunity for everyone. And I think consumers are looking to brands who share their values and are aligned to those values. And we wanted to take advantage of the platform that we have to put that message out there, to support that message, and uh, to remind people as an iconic global brand that this is really what helps the world run together. So that was an opportunity you know, to create that message and, and support that and amplify that. And then to be able to not just talk the talk, but also activate again with the kids on Be the Future, with the Rock the Vote and When We All Vote for Stand United, and even for our holiday campaign, which you know is about that dream of a better future. We're going to activate that as well with with a dance challenge because the <laughs> the videos that we've done for for holiday are anchored in that movement art, and so having a dance challenge that'll be happening in the middle of November, where people can create their own expressions and amplify their own voices. And we can use funds raised from that to donate to the Boys and Girls Club of America because holiday is going to be a little bit harder for a lot of people this year with everything that's going on. Yes, indeed. For many reasons. You know, it's interesting. When COVID first started in its crisis phase, early March here in the U.S., we started hosting 
so many different community calls and, and for different folks for different moments in time. One of the, the first guests we brought forward to help provide guidance was Indra Nui, the former CEO and chairwoman of PepsiCo. And she left us all with a mantra. And it's a mantra that I never stopped thinking about. And I don't think anybody on that call did either, which was be nostalgic about the past, realistic about the present and optimistic about the future. And this is a shining example of how to take optimism and apply it in a big, sustainable, scalable way that's good for the planet and for people. And, and I think the, the interesting thing for me too, we actually have an Adweek Menti group focused on sustainability and sustainability. Most people associate that with what's good for the planet, what's good for the earth, but what's good for the planet and what's good for the earth is also how we sustain each other as people. So anything related to equality falls under sustainability. Anything related to purpose falls under sustainability. And we can see all that in the sustainability UN goals, but I don't think people make that connection very often. What, what do you think? Just having watched sustainability and how it's evolved over the years and the decades, I remember a long time ago in the 90s, I worked on a home cleaning brand and we were talking about plastic way back then. And now, you know, it used to be sort of a fringe thing that people would do. And now you see how important it is and the real impact on, on the planet and on people, as you say, like sustainability is not just good for the planet and people, it's good for, for business. It's a moral obligation to create your products in a way that gives and doesn't just take away. And so sustainability is a huge part of our gap for good platform as well. As I said, when Don and Doris Fisher founded the company in 1969, their stated mission was to do more than sell clothes, right? So it was about being a force for good and sustainability is a huge pillar in our platform. That's why for the kids campaign, we could have, we could have done another back to school campaign. We could have sold some more backpacks and denims, but actually with COVID, You couldn't do that either, right? Because people weren't literally going back to school. They were going back to virtual learning. But the more Mm -hmm. important thing to say was we believe in the way this company has to act responsibly. We provide well-made, responsibly sourced products for our customers, but we also provide a platform to create awareness around these issues and how everyday people can do everyday small things to make a difference. And so- you know, that's, that's important. Thank you for all those efforts. Uh, They are truly important for all. So let's shift gears a little bit um, and we can come back to this another day. When you were thinking about your team and being able to be responsive in the moment through this past year, and even leading up to this year, everyone's been thinking about what is the right mix between working with agencies on the outside or creating in-house creative teams. Mm -hmm. You've really spent a lot of time figuring this out. What has been your approach and what do you see is working and what's not? For me, the in-house model is what's working for us right now. When I came back to Banana Republic, I came with my creative director, Len Peltier. We met each other at Levi's about a decade ago and we've been pretty much partners in crime ever since. We both came from agency backgrounds. He also spent a decade in the music business with Virgin. We had the experience from the agency side, both creatively and strategically. And we both have a huge passion for creating a really powerful brand experience from 
the advertising right down to the store to even the performance media ads that retarget you on the internet. So when we came to Banana, we built an in-house team. I just found that it gives you the ability to really truly connect the brand soul and the product. It's important to build an emotional connection and it's important to be a strong brand builder, but marketing is a business. At the end of the day, you can see what's been happening to brands. They're, they're gone, they're disappearing. You have to be able to balance the art and the science. You have to care as much about the promotion that's running this weekend as you care about the beautiful ad that you have running on the NBA finals. So we decided to go in-house and we built a team there. And then we went to Gap and we did the same. So we took everything in-house. Two weeks after I started the job, COVID came and it was really about closing down an entire fleet of stores, trying to figure out the team structure, understanding what would we even be doing in the second half? What were the marketing needs and requirements or advertising needs and requirements? So it kind of made sense anyway to, to take a break and just bring it in, but I think I would have done it because we, we've been able to energize the team. The team are the makers and the creative energy you get from a team that is creating together across all the touch points is really incredible. Is everything in-house or do you still work with agencies for selective projects or are you 100% in-house now? 100%. We use media agencies to place our media, but everything that you see out there with Gap, every image, every piece of copy, every site, email, banner, TV spot, those are all created by our small but mighty internal team. I'm not anti-agency. I, I, like I said, I grew up the whole decade of the nineties and some of the best, you know, agencies, I was at Foot Conan Belding. I started my career at J. Walter Thompson. There's nothing wrong with agencies. Agencies are great. Wyden and Kennedy with Levi's was amazing relationship we had. It's just that for what we're trying to do right now, in terms of trying to get some traction and pivot this brand, I just wanted to be a little tighter, a little closer to the brand and to the product because of the importance that the product plays. And we're talking a lot about our big brand platform, but we develop a lot of marketing below that level that sells sky high rise jeans and your gift guides and all of that stuff, which is a really important part of the marketing mix. Yeah, absolutely. So there's the importance in staying close and connected on your brand. And then also the speed, right? The ability to be nimble. Oh, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how you thought about creating your team and where it's working really well? Yeah, so speed and agility are really key. And as you know, like things are so much more complicated now. If you look at the marketing mix, right? You're doing everything from big, broad awareness, maybe on a TV campaign, down to performance marketing with retargeting and social media and things like that. So one of the benefits of having the team internally is we can pivot at any moment. So we have a website that just refreshed and we had a big, huge launch for denim this August around our sky high rise denim. And it was amazing. We were so excited. And you know what? People were not in the mood for denim in August. (laughs) Now, every, every year, the industry knows that August is a denim month and nope, they weren't having it. They wanted more fleece and sweats and joggers and cozy things because uh, people still weren't back to work and they wanted shorts and dresses. And so we were able to turn around and pivot that and change the messaging and recreate an entire experience within like, I would say five to seven days. Wow. So 
The other fun thing too is the content creation. So our content strategy is really rich. It's expensive sometimes to try to create a lot of social media assets when you're using an external partner where our team, we have some photographers literally on staff, um, but we also work with some very talented directors and photographers. Christian Weber did all of our Stand United and Dream the Future work. Amazing, talented, voraciously creative person. We can be sitting on a set with Christian Weber and decide to take a few people off on the side and create a couple TikTok type videos in between the main shoot. Or we have what we call now EGC, which is like UGC, user-generated content. During COVID, we started to use our own employees as our inspiration. And so getting employees to shoot themselves and creating employee-generated content. A lot of the things that we had to do out of necessity during COVID, we still want to do. They're amazing ways to express all kinds of storytelling. And so we continue to do that as well. It's just faster. Elevating the brand aesthetic was one of our biggest goals when we came in. Elevate the aesthetic, create a richer content strategy that wasn't so reliant on a few big pieces, and then bring that integrated experience across all the different touch points that surround sound effect of the creative was what we were trying to do. And, and doing it internally just allowed us the, the creativity, speed, and, and the aesthetic that we wanted to be able to control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And having lived in San Francisco for, gosh, 20 years, I have actually known so many people who've been at Gap, um, obviously a big Bay Area business. And I remember once upon a time, Performance marketing and creative were actually separate. Well, technically performance marketing and brand were separate teams, but performance was like a central service bureau, but things have changed now, right? Because you're doing creative and being able to measure right there together in real time. Is is that right? Yeah, that's another big shift again. So I have been back almost four years now. When I first came to Banana, that's how it was organized. Although we do have a great system with our central teams Often if you're doing something like that, you have a person who we call them embedded, right? So my performance media person at Banana was embedded in my brand group, right? Because the consumer doesn't care how you're organized. You have to, as a marketer, create that surround sound and that life cycle and that whole targeting experience from one consumer point of view. But we did officially sort of integrate the full funnel media into the brands recently. And so now I have just my team that runs everything together from, as I say, TV down to retargeting. And that's a really important part of marketing. I think, you know, it's probably not the sexiest thing to talk about, but, you know, the CMO of today has to be able to optimize a full funnel media mix, but at the same time, be able to inspire and create the conditions that results in disruptive breakthrough work. And then also be able to sit at the table with the other members of the C-suite, the CFO, the head of merchandising, the head of design, the supply chain leads and be able to operate effectively in how that product go-to-market cycle happens. And you have to understand the way the product's designed, merchandised, and assorted to be able to bring it onto the floor in a store or a website. So it really is, I think that's what gets me excited even after all these years. I'm still just as excited to bring product to market in that 360-degree ecosystem as I was when I first walked into the gap in, in April of 2001. I'm still crazy after all these years. <laughs> I'm crazy for it. I'm still in fashion. Um, yeah, it's Amazing. That is so cool. And it's interesting. We have a whole collaboration team. So we have about 90 CMOs participating in this 
across the industry. And there are six teams and one of the teams, we're trying to come up with great solutions for other marketers to gain knowledge from. That's perfect submission for one of the team, which is brand versus performance. And like the, the big thing is it's not brand versus performance. If you don't have both, you'll lose. So it's how do you measure then? Because the challenge with brand is you have to be a little bit more patient and wait a little bit longer to see the real payout than traditional quote performance marketing where you're measuring like in real time, but they balance each other and also accelerate each other. Yeah. And I feel so lucky that the team that I have is so effective at the way they work together and collaborate. Like it's not territorial. Usually there's that tension, right? There's the tension because as look, the channel shifts are huge in the last six months. Online commerce has come faster in the last five months than it did in the last five years. And so usually when brands are organized in those different sort of silos, you're like battling for the money and trying to convince the CFO which dollar makes more sense to spend. But we have a really effective team and and that's the science part. There's the art and science in every part of this, right? So my performance director is partnering with my brand director and the two of them are tracking that customer through the funnel and taking the messaging that we have, whether it's Stand United or Dream the Future or the gift guide or the Sky High Rise denim launch or, hey, you looked at this and you're, this is left in your cart. Do you want to come back and, and pick this up? You know, they really work hard to create that experience. And if you enjoy putting that puzzle together, then you fit on this team. <laughs> if, you know, if you would just like to hunker down separately and just get your job done, then it's probably not going to work as well. You know, I think that's just the state of marketing in, in this day and age. So think about how disruptive that is, that that brand has been working with agencies for years. And so all of a sudden we're home alone and we're going to make this together. And it's been quite a, quite a fun ride. Yeah. Well, I have to ask this one because another one of the collab teams is focused on reallocation of resources and part of that's tech, but a big part is working with agency partners, but also in-house, right? And to get the best out of whether it's an agency partner or whether it's in-house, you have to be able to empower and ignite and, and inspire creatives and and know how to actually provide input to creatives and that's yeah and that was the one call out which is people need training on that because it's not that clear right well the opportunity with an in-house team and this is where the this is where the real skill and talent comes into play is this is how I see my day job my day job as the CMO is to actually create the conditions for breakthrough work to happen Okay, that is my day job. So, and creating the conditions for breakthrough work is not just about the ad or the creative team. It's just as much that media team or my site development team or or any of my finance team who's going to help me figure out how to make this all work within our budget. The art of creating ideas is still really the most important thing. I remember when I started my career at J. Walter Thompson, I was given a book and it was called The Care and Feeding of Ideas. And it was from one of the original founders. I think his name was James Webb. Any idea that's really good and really disruptive is barely recognizable at its first presentation, right? If you think about how many ideas have been killed before they were even able to be formed, because marketing over the years 
especially as it became more quantifiable, became more about, as you said, the immediate gratification, the last click ROAS, the proof and confidence that I can get payout on this or I'm not going to spend that next dollar. Like all of that has been sort of elevated over the idea of true ideas that connect emotionally with your brand's platform and what your consumer values. Those things build brands and they sell product too. And guess what? You don't actually have to wait that long for it to happen. You know, this idea that, oh, if you do a brand campaign, you know, it's going to be months before you see a return on that investment. I, I am seeing it right now. I saw Stand United for three weeks, return within those three weeks in terms of people engaging in our brand, completing our videos, coming to our stores. And so I think the idea of the training around how do you create an inspiring brief that gets your product proposition connected to your brand in a way that a creative person can generate great work. And then the marketing science of that, of getting it out there on the platforms in a way that makes it look bigger than what you might actually have as a budget. You know, the, that art and science is so, so critical. And I'm not sure it's maybe being taught as well. And I think that is the role of the leaders to do that. And that's what I love about having in-house work. We are so not hierarchical. I have a meeting, a standing meeting every Monday with my team. We go over all the work. You know what the great thing about Zoom is? 40 people can be in there. Mm -hmm. Now people are learning in real time. They are watching the creative director and the CMO with the team breaking down emails and ads and videos and content and figuring out how does this work and how do these pieces build on each other? And this is great, but that's not good enough. And let's give that another try. You know, that very like sitting at the table, sitting in the kitchen, we would literally call it come into the kitchen, everyone's invited to learn that skill. And that's the feedback I mostly get from the teams as I move from one to another is they appreciate the energy and the enthusiasm and the openness and the collaboration to be able to, to learn that way. And many of them had not been learning that way. So that feels good to, to do that. Wow. Okay. So You've given us a lot to think about in terms of some of your career moves already and your leadership style. And, and I just love this creating the conditions for breakthrough work is the role of you and specifically the CMO. What are some of the top tips you heard and now share forward? One of the things I would say is just stay curious and don't afraid to be spontaneous because that's really where true creativity comes. And so find yourself a partner or a brand or a mentor or someone who's willing to listen to all of your ideas, the good ones, the bad ones, the lame ones. <laughs> so doing, doing that and good things can come out of that. Our spot that we aired on the NBA and the NFL with uh, Lil Buck and Miles Yachts, that spot with the two guys dancing in the hoodies, that was a spontaneous thing we did at the end of our holiday shoot. We just, they just couldn't stop moving. And we just said, everybody down to your hoodies, let's have a dance off. And they dropped the song, Sonder, too fast. And in one take, five minutes and 12 seconds, spontaneous, not choreographed, freestyle dancing, freestyle camera moves. Christian had the handheld and we had a crane there. That piece of work is potentially the, the biggest golden nugget of the whole second half. And it happened in five minutes and 12 seconds at the end of a shoot. You have to be curious. You have to be spontaneous. Allow yourself to do the things that are, you know, color outside the lines, right? 
doesn't mean chaos. It means get yourself a good strategy that, so you have to know where the lines are so you can color outside, be curious, be spontaneous, and just generate as many ideas as you can. The, I guess the second thing to that would be to connect, right? You have to be good at connecting the dots. Most, I tell this to my son, no matter what job you do, you're going to have to influence people and persuade them to get them to do something you want to do, right? If you want to sell in a big idea or create a big idea, you're never usually the only person who decides. So your whole life, I don't care, I'm the chief marketing officer. I'm still going to have to convince somebody, whether it's my consumer, my CFO, my CEO, that this is a good idea. So get good at connecting the dots and creating that very clear and compelling narrative about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then also connect people, connecting people. I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't get connected. And I don't mean the official versions of networking and mentoring. I mean, connect people, help people, reach out to people and remember that somebody helped you. So do what you can to help other people. And then I guess the last one, collaboration is everything. People who can work together can make better things than people who who don't. I, nobody makes anything alone. Nobody makes anything of any importance or impact or culture, cultural difference alone. Even artists create things that, that get amplified with other people. So collaboration is key. And then care. Recognize the work. Recognize the team. Recognize the effort it took to get it done. Not just the creative. Again, every single piece of that was done by somebody to, to create that surround sound. I would just say, be curious connect, collaborate, and care. Yeah. I smell a book coming. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We are so using that. That's your next masterclass. How about that? I think the other thing is just that when you look at the career path, I just, it's so funny. I keep seeing my son who's just graduated from college and just starting out. And I have this box in my closet and I, and there's a couple of things in it that I've kept along the way. And one of the first things I kept was the first rejection letter I got from a major ad agency in San Francisco when I graduated from college. I, I so wanted to work there. It was the be all and end all. I just, I had to get a job at that ad agency and I did not get the job right out of college and it, it crushed, right? It was so crushing, but I kept it because you know what? Rejection is good. Actually, it made me go into another direction. And I got this other job, which opened up a whole bunch of other doors. I started my job as a receptionist at J. Walter Thompson in San Francisco. And I made $13,000 a year. That, But I got in the door and there was a person in there. She was a badass. She was running a big, huge telecommunications account. She believed in me. She gave my break. I kept the handwritten note that she gave me when she promoted me to assistant account exec. You have to help people. And that's how it pays back, right? Because just think about how hard it is for Gen Z coming out of college. They're all entering the workforce right at the worst possible time. Help people find projects, find jobs, find inspiration. I think that's that's important too. Well, you are definitely talking my language. I'm always amazed at how incredible our Adweek executive mentees have been not just from learning from their mentors, but honestly, at this point in their careers and after this year of connecting with each other, they are building things that are inspiring all of us. And they are ready to give back to the next generation. And, and you're exactly right. It, that is, that's the key. It means more than any education 
well, I mean, education is still important. I don't want to say it that way, but those are the opportunities you're going to get is through your community, through your networking, through your integrity and being who you are. So people can see you and bringing your full self forward and feeling confident and having people support you. I get really excited talking about these topics because they're the topics people tend to overlook when they're writing their job description. Yeah, we just did our big investor day with Gap. Inclusive by design is our mission. Part of what I've always done with all of my brands, whether it was Mod Cloth, Levi's, Gap, whichever, this the idea of opportunity, diversity, and inclusivity. Go out of your way to help the person that you wouldn't normally run into or that you haven't reached out to and truly authentically give them a chance, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm always pleasantly surprised by if you go towards the energy and the energy comes towards you, what you can get done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, amazing. I'm going to be respectful of your time, let you go. But last question, no one gets off the hook without answering this question. Uh It's, it's, it's the ultimate last question. If you were not doing what you're doing now and money and talent were of no object, could do anything in the world. What would you do? Oh my God. Anything in the world? You mean besides like just retire and sail out from the sunset? Um, (laughs) That sounds good to me, actually. Um, (laughs) No, actually, if I wasn't doing this, I have a personal passion for sports and was able to start working with some pretty cool athletes along the way. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, recently Jared Goff. I wouldn't mind being a sports agent. Hmm. Just going to put that out in the universe. The idea of what athletes are doing now, it started way back in 2014 when the stadium tunnel started to become a runway for fashion and athletes are critical culture shapers and the idea of athletes and the brands that they are as people and connecting them to their purpose and values and the way they create their connections with brands and opportunities now we were working with kevin love on banana republic and we had a a product collaboration with him he's an amazing guy he came out to destigmatize mental health and wellness. And look at him now. I think yesterday I saw he's establishing the first mental gym. It's amazing what, what athletes do beyond the field. And I think that they're powerful culture shapers. I was so impressed by what the NBA did with their shutdown and then opening arenas to be polling places. And I think there's a huge opportunity for athletes connecting with brands and platforms. And I would love to do that kind of work for fun. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you threw that out there in the universe. I have already like 17 ideas for you, but we'll take this offline. So anyways, Mary, I am so delighted. I could steal some time from you today. Thank you so much for being with us. Great. It was fun. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 